Welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I am your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Oh, Ryan, it's been so long. It feels weird. I know, I know. I've missed you. I've missed the storygoers. I've missed you. I've missed got, games. It's funny because we got donuts the weekend we didn't record. Yeah, we <laughs> still are together. Uh, Ryan, how are you and what games have you been playing? Uh, I am pretty good. It's been a buck wild couple weeks, folks, mm. but um, I am doing I'm doing good overall. Doing good overall. Um, I haven't been playing a ton. I've been playing. Um, I mean, I think I say that every single time. Um, <laughs> I've been playing. I went back and un Halloweened my town in Animal Crossing and started to like ease into some Thanksgiving, moving some flowers for maybe a Christmas. Put the holly bushes out. Nice. Caught caught my last creature for the month, so I'm all set till December. I think I have like three bugs and three fish left. I'm feeling very excited about that. Good job. A little bit of Hades here and there. My partner has been kind of, I think, is actively playing it right now and carrying all the <laughs> Hades weight. And I just go in, spend all our diamonds, talk to everyone, and then maybe a run. <laughs> so it's kind of the dynamic right now. <laughs> And then a little bit of Crusader Kings. I think that's. I think that's it. Have I, play, I I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's everything. Not a lot. There's so much out right now. I know. And I am not playing any of it. And I feel very strongly about wanting to. <laughs> 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 but how are you? What do you play? Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm like. I, I feel like everything you just said. I just really resonate with so hard, <laughs> so hard right now. It was a rough day today at work, so it's like. Yeah. It's very nice to kind of just sit here and, and just record a nice episode of the tales and enjoy a story but yeah no overall though i've been really good and uh you know i i think last episode i just started or recently started my new job and it's going really well you know just therapying those kids who need the therapies and uh all that good stuff whatever that means i hope no one knows <laughs> i hope no one i know that <laughs> i work with listens to this it's probably gonna sound like what the heck but yeah as, in terms of games though i i posted this on instagram but like no no more heroes one and two just came out again on the switch and those are like two games i really like i love for some reason and they're wacky and crazy and and honestly kind of stupid but like man it just has like so much weird charm to it and i'm not a big fan of suda 51 the director of the game like his other games i'm not super into i've never been into any of his others and i've tried them like killer seven i thought was like super weird and there's a lot of weird kind of like toxic masculinity kind of things like sexist kind of things with that that i'm just not super into and and no more heroes has like a sprinkle of that unfortunately but everything else in that game is just so wacky and fun to play i love it i absolutely love it and then of course hades because like i'm pretty sure i'll be playing hades for the rest of my life i think at this point i, I feel like it's we all will we all episode. will <laughs> yeah honestly it's just so good i just i can literally i finish around and i think okay i'll start a new run and i'll just end on like you know the second place or whatever and I just keep going. I just keep going and going and going. I just like, I just did another run. Why did I do another run? I, I have to stop. It just, yeah, it just gets me so good. So yeah, Hades. And I, man, I wish I could still play Animal Crossing. My or my partner and I fell off the wagon like super hard. Oh, no. Crossing. Like we played. I played Halloween because she worked, and I did. I did Halloween for us, and that was it. I was frustrated because I was like, they like gave us the spooky carriage, which like, I've been looking for adamantly the whole Halloween season to put on my train track. And I get it on Halloween night. Are you kidding? <laughs> I can't use this on November 1st. Yeah, I don't press. But anyway, that is what we've been playing and how things are going. It's been crazy, yeah. man. It's been such a crazy week. It's been week. so crazy. Sure um, has. <laughs> but, storygoers, if you've had a crazy week, then sit back, relax, because today we are going through the story of the secret of Monkey Island. 
Yes, yes, The Secret of Monkey Island. I love this game. I love this game so much. Going back and doing this script and playing through it again, it's just, I think similar to No More Heroes, it's just kind of wacky and weird and so much just doesn't make sense and it's silly and it's just a really wonderful, charming game Mm -hmm. um, that I love so much. It has Um, like a bunch of assassins trying to kill each other and like... (laughs) <laughs> no. girls in, like ballerina outfits with like a bat trying to kill people right uh you're not maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay wait, wait, wait. there's no more here. okay got it. <laughs> yeah. that, that would be a crazy out of that the, would be out crazy of, like, out of nowhere moment called in Secret of Island. i would <laughs> yeah. totally support that but no as always storygoers uh before we dive into the story you can send us your thoughts feelings and perspectives through twitter and instagram Find us at Tales from the Cartridge, or you can email us at Tales from the Cartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. I tried the regular Tales from the Cartridge at Gmail, and someone has already taken it, though I, I had no idea how because I searched all the social media and just can't find who has it. Because I would really love that, that Gmail account. <laughs> but Ryan, you have some of the backgrounds of the game we'd like to go over. I do, yeah. So I think this might be our oldest game. Um, oh. Monkey Island came out in October of 1990, before I existed in the world. Monkey Island has been around longer than I Me have, too. which I think this might be the oldest one, but we'll, we'll have to go back and check. It was made by Lucasfilm Games, and it was published by Lucasfilm Games, which, if you're not aware, Lucasfilm are the Star Wars folks that made a bunch of like really wacky point-and-click adventures around this time, uh, and some other stuff. It was written by Ron Gilbert, who is also the director, Dave Grossman, and of course, Tim Schafer, who he went on to make a bunch of other point-and-click adventures and a bunch of other really good games and get bought by Microsoft. And uh, it's just uh, a really, you'll see if, you, if you've if you played any of uh, his other games, you can really feel the wacky, silly, improv- improvisational heart in this. And it's just, it shines right through. And I think you collected some influences on how we got this strange, wonderful game. Yeah, I, I found some kind of interesting tidbits for this. It's actually really cool. So like you said, it was uh, so Ron Gilbert, Dave Grossman, and Tim Schafer, the only three people on this project. Ron Gilbert, the, the creator and director of the game, pitched his idea to Lucasfilms, who agreed to partner with him. But unfortunately, they had to wait a little bit to make start making the game because the initial team at Lucasfilms was creating Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the graphic adventure. And they had to finish that first before they allowed the project to begin. Like, I think they wanted to like focus on one project at a time. So they're like, yeah, we're making Indiana Jones. When we're done with this, you can start your project. I think it was like a revenue or like a, like a money thing. I'm not sure exactly. But what's interesting about this game, when you fight in the game, you're essentially insulting one another. Is that correct? Yeah, so that's correct. That's like one of the two main mechanics in this game. So it's a point and click adventure. And then there's this sword fighting mechanic. And we'll talk more about it in, in the story. But effectively, you have your sword out and they have their sword out and they say an insult and you have to say the right comeback or they get the upper hand in the fight and vice versa. And that's like that's the whole fighting mechanic. It's it's like this really weird and fun way to represent fighting and combat, but through only text and words, which it feels kind yeah, of strange. It's like and super smart. And it's funny because like I was reading about the influence of this game. And so. So the game's insult sword fighting mechanics that were heavily influenced by like movies starring Errol Flynn, which is like a swashbuckling pirate movie, which all three, Gilbert Schaefer and Grossman, watched for inspiration. They noticed that in these films, like the opposing pirates would taunt one another instead of attacking them straight on. It gave them the idea to like base action, quote unquote, duels uh, with insults rather than like fighting with swords, which is I thought was really cool. It's really like so smart. Who would think to do that? And, like... 
And then last but not least, so Schaefer and Grossman wrote the dialogue for the game. We we're also programming the game. So some of the dialogue was based on the designers' like personal experiences. And I, I got I found one really good line from Tim Schaefer, Tim Schaefer's experience that will point out in the dialogue as we're going through. I think that's really funny. So those are the influences I found that were kind of interesting. It sounds like you have a very like amazing experience with this game. A lot of good memories. Would you like to share with us? Yeah. So uh, this game came out before I was born. So I didn't play it until years and years and years and years and years later. I think it was probably there was a Steam sale and I've heard of these games being a big fan of point and click adventures. If you go out there, people will point you to the Tim Schaefer point and click adventures and the Lucasfilm point and click adventures. They're kind of these the early 90s epitome point and click games that everybody loves because the writing is really good and they're really funny and silly and this was like the first one in that long line and so again i've heard of it i heard of it and then i went and it was on the steam sale and this is the special edition version that came out in, i think 2009 so i bought it on steam and i played through it and it's just it and the original game is very the writing is exactly the same from the original to the special edition but the visuals look completely different in the original it's like super pixelated and that's kind of part of the charm but it also makes it incredibly difficult to play you have to track down a barrel and then you're you're you have to like get your face right up to the screen to try and decipher what what the barrel might be in this scene because it's so pixelated and the art is so great in the special edition so anyway i played it i loved it it's wonderful it has this really silly humor and charm kind of one of my go-to games, if somebody wants, enjoys point-and-click adventures, I say go try Monkey Island because there's three of them and it's very fun. What about you? Do you have any, any memories at all with The Secret of Monkey I Island? I hate saying this, but I have no memories of this game. I I feel like I never really had heard of this game. I thought maybe you did mention, mention it to me once like a while ago. I just never, I, I've never like been super into point-and-click games. I've never been like, I didn't like use a PC a whole lot growing up. So, except for like that one time with like Pokemon that I mentioned that are, are in our DLC episode, but yeah, I I just never played games like that a whole lot. So now that I'm listening to you talk about it, and I and I appreciate them now. I, I but I still never played Monkey Island, and so I'm really looking forward to listening to the story and seeing what I get from it. Because if like the story is gonna get me like I think it will, I should totally just jump in and, and buy it and just go in all that barrel pixel glory that it gets. yeah and and i will say um like with every game we do i cut out a lot of bits be, and it's really unfortunate because the writing is so good and so silly and so wacky and some of the things that guybrush says off the cuff are hilarious and this the 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 situations he gets in and the characters in this world are so funny and silly that it's I, I feel unfortunately i can't do them justice because obviously when you walk up to somebody in this game or maybe it's not obvious when you walk up to somebody in this game you have like five things you can say each of those things leads to like an interesting and fun back and forth quip and it's just hard to include all of those and also push the story forward so after you're done listening to this if it seems like man this is really silly and fun and wacky and i want more of this there is probably you know a whole ton of game that you can go and enjoy and appreciate that's awesome i i, I definitely will probably be one of those people i definitely will <laughs> yeah awesome so i guess without further ado we should jump right into the story yeah let's jump into the secret of monkey island arg Our story takes place deep in the Caribbean on a mystery island called Melee. Guybrush Threepwood arrives, looking to make a name for himself. 
he follows the path to a nearby overlook, and uninvited approaches the first person he sees, a strange old man looking out of the ocean. Hi, my name is Guybrush Threepwood, and I want to be a pirate. The semi-blind old man chuckles at his declaration. You look more like a floor inspector, but if you're serious about pirating, go find the pirate leaders. You'll find them at the scum bar. Guybrush gets excited, thanks the semi-blind man, and heads towards the scum bar. Walking along the dock towards the scum bar, squawking seagulls overhead, Guybrush notices a nearby poster, a re-election poster for Governor Marley. And there's only one candidate, there's only one choice. He continues down the dock. The moon is full as he strolls across the rickety pier and into the well-lit scum bar. The interior of the scum bar is full of pirates in various states of inebriation. The pirates yell at each other, pewter glasses of grog in hand. A few passed out in the seats while one hangs from the anchor-shaped chandelier overhead. Guybrush saunters over to a nearby pirate at the door and announces, Hi, name's Guybrush Threepwood, and I'm new in town. Guybrush Threepwood? That's the stupidest name I've ever heard! The pirate laughs heartily. My name is Mancomb Sheepgood! So what brings you to Melee Island, TM? Anyway, Guybrush responds, I want to be a pirate! Oh? Really? Sheepgood responds. You should go talk to the important-looking pirates of the next room. They're pretty much in charge around here. They can tell you where to go and what to do. On the way over to the important-looking pirates, Guybrush stops to have a conversation with a salt and pepper dog named Spiff. Huge bone in his teeth gives you the following advice. Woof! 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 Arf! Woof! Woof! Melee Island! TM! Oh, woof! 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 LeChuck! Grrr! Grrr! Woof! Woof! Ruff! 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 Governor Marley! Ruff, ruff, ba, ruff, ruff, ruff. A chuck, a ruff, ruff, ruff. Monkey Island. Tim. Guybrush Threepwood understood none of this warning, or perhaps foreshadowing that proceeds deeper than that. Behind a large, deep crimson velvet curtain sit three important-looking pirates at a separate table beside a roaring fireplace. They sit and sip grog in silence. Threepwood introduces himself and announces his intentions again to become a pirate. After some discussion, they decide to give Threepwood advice, because they're short on help of the whole LeChuck thing. No help meant no swag. No swag meant no grog. And they were dangerously low on grog. After some hesitation, they reveal the three trials which every pirate must pass. You must master the sword, the art of thievery, and treasure huntery. Threepwood must return with proof to the three pirates in order to become a true pirate and drink grog with them. The pirates drunkenly continue to give advice on how to achieve the three trials with helpful advice such as get your sword in order to master the sword and seek out the sword master or steal the idol of many hands, located in the governor's mansion in the display case. That is, if he can drug the vicious dogs outside and sneak past the guards inside. In order to prove his treasure huntery skills, he must bring the legendary treasure of Melee Island TM back to the pirates. Before Threepwood can begin his three trials, the pirates tell him what's in their delicious mugs of grog. Grog is a secret mixture, which contains one or more of the following. Kerosene, pelafine glycol, antifreeze. Artificial sweetener, sulfuric acid, rum, acetone, nail polish remover, red dye number two, scum, axle grease, battery acid, and or pepperoni. As you can probably imagine, it's one of the most caustic, vital substances known to man. This stuff eats right through mugs, and the cooks losing a fortune replacing them. Guybrush begins his adventure by sneaking into the kitchen in the back of the tavern, promptly steals a huge hunk of meat off the cutting board, a pot from underneath the table, and collects a red-colored fish from out back. Meanwhile, deep beneath Monkey Island, DM, the ghost pirate LeChuck's ship lies anchored in a river of lava. The undead LeChuck stares pensively out the ship window as his captain's quarters. He dons a huge mustard-colored pirate hat and a see-through red shirt. Ah, there's nothing like hot wind of hell blowing in your face. 
days like these that make you glad to be dead. LeChuck's good mood is promptly destroyed when a crewmate informs him the arrival of a new pirate on Monkey Island. A Guybrush Threepwood. LeChuck decides to take care of him himself. My plans are too important to be messed up by amateurs, he announces. He goes back to staring out at the lava skate. Back on Melee Island, Threepwood has left the scum bar and makes his way to explore the island and complete the three trials to become a pirate. He first arrives in a clearing with a brightly lit circus set stands. Inside, two almost identical brothers bicker about who should be blasted out of the circus cannon. After spotting Guybrush, they excitedly ask him to be shot out of the cannon. They'd pay him, of course, if he could find a helmet. Guybrush presents a large soup pot he stole from the kitchen to the Fettuccini brothers, places it on his head, and explodes out of the cannon. He's launched, hitting the wood, sporting the trapeze beam, and lands headfirst on the ground. Thankfully, Guybrush is alive, but dazed, and the Fittichini brothers rejoice, have avoided an embarrassing and financially debilitating lawsuit. Guybrush leaves the circus tent, the brothers arguing behind him, fresh money in his pocket, he heads back to town. A suspicious individual with a parrot over his shoulder at the intersection of town. <clears throat> he wears a classic long trench coat. Excuse me, do you have a cousin named Sven? No, but I once had a barber named Dominique. Close enough, let's talk business. The mysterious man opens a long trench coat with scrolls of paper in different sizes and colors. Only one in existence, he grabs one of the many papers. He sells you the map of the lost treasure of Melee Island, TM, for 100 pieces of eight, almost all of what you just earned from the Fettuccine Brothers. You enter a dark and mysterious voodoo shop. Birds hang from the ceiling, a skeleton figure poses ominously next to a red valley at Shay's Lounge, and a large cauldron gurgles and bubbles in the middle of the room, glowing green and emitting sulfurous odor. Ever steals a rubber chicken and meets a mysterious witchy woman. She immediately senses and correctly guesses your name, and tells you that you can take the chicken. Ebersh immediately grows suspicious, and thinks that the chicken may be jinxed with ancient voodoo curse, but luckily, the pulley still squeaks. She reveals a bit of their future, including captaining a ship and entering a giant monkey. Guybrush then wanders into the prison, where he meets a pleading prisoner who claims that he's a victim of society. Not to mention Halitosis, Guybrush responds. Hey, it's hard to keep my breath minty fresh when there's nothing to eat in here but rats. It's obvious that we need to acquire this man breath and fast. Guybrush continues exploring the downtown and hears someone down a dark and abandoned alley. Psst! Hello? Anybody in there? Hello? Guybrush walks down the alley. A mysterious man with a huge handlebar mustache an equally large sword follows you into the alley. You know, bad things could happen to a person in a dark, deserted alley like this one. And at this time of night, no one would be around to see it, Stranger says. This conversation seems to lead to an extremely unfortunate outcome. That is, until he announces that he's the sheriff, Sheriff Fester Shinetop. He advises that you take your vacation elsewhere, and that this is a poor and unsafe time to visit Melee Island. The sheriff walks away, and Gabrush says to himself, Boy, I feel much better knowing there's an officer of the law around here. Guybrush promptly ignores his warning and goes into the nearby shop to pick up some goods. Guybrush picks up Slashmaster, TM. When you want a sword, that's as fast as your wit. And the Digmaster, TM. The only shovel for serious treasure hunting enthusiasts. I could really use a breathman, Guybrush says to the shopkeeper, who willingly gives him a roll of breathmans. Apparently, our breath stinks as well. He then asks the shopkeeper about the Stardmaster and where he can find them. The shopkeeper explains that no one knows the whereabouts of her secret hideout. Well except him. He says that he might be willing to go ask her if he can show Guybrush the way and begins to leave the shop. Guybrush follows the shopkeeper and sees him make his way down the alley. He follows him out of the city into the nearby woods. After navigating a maze of forest, he watches the shopkeeper stroll up to the house of Swordmaster Carla. Guybrush stands back and listens. Hello again, Carla, the shopkeeper says as he approaches the hidden house. A woman stands up front, plated at her side. I thought I told you to get lost, Carla responds. 
Actually, I'm here on business. This kid came into my store, see? The shopkeeper replies. Carla steps back. Face it, you crusty old lech. You'd make any excuse to come out here and bother me. The shopkeeper looks at the ground, dejected. Yeah, I guess so. Carla raises her hands and points at the old man, and then away from her home. Well, cut it out! I'm sick of it! Take a hike, and don't come here again. Someone might follow you, and I'd become another Melee Island tourist attraction. The shopkeeper looks up and starts to walk away. Hey, it's your loss, baby! Guybrush knows the location of the Swordmaster. Now he just needs to learn how to fight. He heads back to town to find some answers, and a way to steal the idol from the governor's mansion. Guybrush first goes back to the prison, and offers the grogamint-flavored mints to the prisoner. They become friends. Otis, the prisoner, insists. He was framed. He's got to get out of here, before he loses his mind completely. I don't know who exactly. I think it was a conspiracy. And if there's any one type of piracy I don't like, it's a conspiracy. He goes on to say he's never even touched the yellow kanachi and dormi flower in the forest. I'm mostly surviving off the grog, slop, odd-looking, totally a monkey rump roast from the cook of the scumbar. Lice, rats, but won't touch his aunt Tilly's carrot cake. Oats, Oris hates carrot cake. He also shares how mean the sheriff is. Luckily, the governor keeps him in check most of the time. He took over after the previous good sheriff, who recently died under mysterious circumstances. Guybrush thanks Otis and heads out of town to pick some of these yellow flowers before heading to the governor's mansion. A large, brightly lit house hangs over the side of a cliff. Five deadly piranha poodles bark aggressively. Thankfully, they're chained at a stake, and they can't get you. Guybrush laces the hunk of meat he stole with some poisonous and illegally picked yellow flowers and throws it at the poodles. They devour them and fall still. Disclaimer! No poodles were harmed in the production of this podcast. That's important. We don't do that. So important. So important. We are not that podcast. Um, so, Eric, I was so into it, I didn't even stop. <laughs> um, how are you feeling so far about Monkey Island? <laughs> I, I love this dialogue. This is so funny. I, I'm dying for that shopkeeper with that. <laughs> it's your loss, baby. <laughs> so funny i guess it's just so funny i i'm not even surprised either like i i don't really know the other two but i know tim schaefer i don't know him but i know of his works and like they're really funny and unique and and quirky and i can just kind of i just see that in this in this game uh, story so far so like it's great i love it so far and like i disappointed i haven't played it sooner but i'm very excited to now go back and play it so, but ryan what are you thinking so far uh, i mean i love monkey island like i've said i think it it's a very it's a pretty simple story you're just for some reason the guy who really wants to become a pirate and that's kind of your only main driver you get some more later and we'll talk about that when that happens in the same vein of like an indiana jones you're a hero who wants to do something because and it's almost like making fun of how ridiculous that is and this whole world is like this weird constantly fifth wall breaking experience like Every time, I've said it a couple times, every time you see the word Monkey Island or Melee Island, there's a, a tiny trademark symbol next to it in the text of the game. Like, that's part, that's built into the spirit of the game that's, like, really ridiculous. We know it's a game, we know it's silly, and we're not even going to try and hide it. So, like, story-wise, it's not super complex. The characters are really fun and interesting. They have really great dialogue. And you're just kind of thrown from thing to thing without really ever knowing <laughs> why or what's going on. And Guybrush is just, like... This really goofy dingus um, who just gets really lucky a lot. 
Yeah, he just seems like this like total stooge that just kind of is lucky with like where he's going, and he's at like the right place, the right time. Like it's just so funny. Like the sheriff following you in the alley, like he's gonna rob you, and he's really the sheriff. <laughs> and that whole encounter is like really like is hilarious. And if if you when you play it, it feels spooky and mysterious. And the way he talks to you is like kind of ominous. And then at the end, Gabrish is like, "Yeah, I feel much better now. Thanks, sheriff." Like, <laughs> like in this totally sincere voice. Like there's no sarcasm to it. It's so funny. He's a pirate, too. So you think like, he'd hate this sheriff, and he just totally doesn't. It's so funny. Guybrush heads into the governor's man. He grabs a vase, pockets it, and starts to open a door. The sheriff closes the door behind him. Crash! Ooh! Ouch! Guybrush smashes the flower vase over the sheriff's head and enlists the help of some hypnotized, quarrelsome rhinos. So one of the things about this is this is all. this whole scene takes place like... We don't see any of it. The doors are closed and we're looking at a wall and there's like sound effects popping up. Mm. And it just says ridiculous things. Like, for example, hypnotized coralist rhinos. That's so weird. This game is weird and funny at the same time. By using the stapler to move around the yak, it causes you to crash the wall back to the main room of the mansion. Guybrush picks up the manual of style from the bookshelf and promptly climbs back into the hole where the fight is still taking place. He briefly stops to acknowledge that he must be nuts. He picks up the wax lips. Gets scared of some gophers, but luckily finds some gopher repellent to use. Guybrush finds the idol and manages to tie up the sheriff to a chair. Guybrush self-consciously declares, If only I had a file, I could get the idol! Gopher and rat repellent in hand, he heads back to Otis in the prison. Otis happily exchanges it for carrot cake, and you devour, only to discover a raspy metal file. Just what you need. Guybrush heads back to the mansion, sheriff still tied up, and frees the idol, filing the back off the case. Right before he manages to escape, the sheriff wriggles free and is about to fight you. But... Before he can, the governor intervenes and shoes him off. Guybrush is immediately smitten by Governor Elaine Marley and has extreme trouble with trying to find the words. He manages to sputter. The idol belongs in a museum. Elena hardly, heartily agrees, letting him take it. The sheriff stops him at the mansion door and takes him to the dock to be tossed into the ocean. Guybrush's waist is tied to the idol. The sheriff's plan for the governor is too important for a wannabe pirate to get in the way. The sheriff kicks the idol into the water and Guybrush sinks to the bottom to the sea and he happily wanders off to the scum bar. By the way, one thing I left out was at the very beginning of the story, when you're meeting those three pirate captains who tell you about the trials, they say, do you have any skills? And Gabor says, well, I can hold my breath for up to 10 minutes. Um, and the reason I'm telling you that is because it's important for this very moment. <laughs> that's a good skill to have. I, I would like that skill. Yeah. <laughs> that's like an obscene amount of time to hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> which like also just feels like a throwaway line that probably tim schaefer or one like threw in um oh yeah they're probably like how do we explain this well it's early in the game let's put it in that he can hold his breath for 10 minutes right, cool. <laughs> yeah and it just gets more ridiculous as you see that's funny a few minutes later guybrush is still underwater but conscious luckily he can hold his breath up to 10 minutes so this deadly attempt doesn't scare him he waits until the coast is clear in the docks picks up the idol puts it in his pocket no longer weighed down by the idol he grabs a sword, lying on the seafloor, and climbs up the ladder. The governor, surprised to find him alive, explains that she came down to help him. Their eyes meet. They immediately fall in love. A string of corny lines later, he asks for a kiss, but she puts her hand up to stop him. She reveals that their love must be a secret, and she's told everyone that she promised her father she would never fall in love with a pirate. And if any of the pirates around saw, it could really hurt their feelings, and they would know she was lying. Okay, then. Let's go back to your place. Guybrush quickly responds. She tells him that first he has to finish the trials so he's not preoccupied and walks away. I feel a sudden urge to complete the trials, Gabrush announces. With newfound vigor and the idol in hand, he goes to find the last two things he needs. So Eric, we've accomplished our first goal <laughs> of getting the idol. 
what are your feelings so far <laughs> it's, it's so wacky and weird but i like it a lot it's just so funny like i i love humor that like that puts in these like just nonsense things but it just it's just funny and it works so, like the idol like how it's dragging him to the body of the ocean and then he puts it in his coat and walks up the ladder to get out of the ocean and it doesn't weigh him down anymore it's just so funny because like you think in your mind like they really didn't think about this part like obviously this idol's gonna weigh him down but it's totally on purpose like it's totally on purpose to just make you laugh and be like this dude is, is just so wacky and weird and like in a weird way he sounds like completely lovable like you just you're totally rooting for this weirdo who is supposedly a pirate like it's just great it's, it's fantastic but i don't know what do you what are you thinking it's almost like making fun of the fact that it's a game in some way in order to tell this story and just kind of, like you said, really leaning into that silliness and not letting that stop it from really doing anything and letting that be what entertains us and drives us through the story and that the gameplay is, you know, it's point and click, so it's engaging and interesting, but like the story, as simple as it is and as basic as it is, these really silly characters, kind of similar almost to Red Dead, these silly characters and the silly world kind of propels it to something that's much more interesting yeah yeah totally and it's just like the characters are so funny and like lovable like i just i, I love this line that you, when they fall in love and she's like no no i promised the other pirates i promised i thought i would never marry another pirate and if i did that all the other pirates know that i'm lying, <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> and then just and then just the guy brush and it's just guy brush's response he's like, i feel a sudden urge to complete the trial <laughs> It's just so funny. It's just so good. I, I, I love I love smart writing like this. Is it so stupid? But it's so stupid that it's smart. And it's just it's great. I love it. That's how I live my life. So stupid but smart, you know. Yeah, we're all a little bit of guybrush. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Guybrush opens the map and realizes it's dancing lessons. Confused, he looks again. He remembers his journey in the forest. He makes his way back to the forest and he follows the dance up to the map until he signs a large wooden sign that states the legendary lost treasure of Melee Island, TM. This carefully reproduced piece of Melee Island, TM, history has delighted thousands of would-be pirates and their families for generations. Remember, there are other pirates on this island, so go easy on the treasure. Leave some for the next person. Hammer walks over to a large stone marker that reads, Here lies treasure of such unimaginable wealth. Well, you'll just have to dig it up to believe it. Paid for by the Melee Island Chamber of Commerce. Dig master in hand, Gabrush starts digging. Hours pass. Hey, I think I hit something. Oh boy, it's a t-shirt. Not my size, but a nice one nonetheless. Well, I guess I should put all this dirt back now. More hours later. Another trial down and sword in hand, Guybrush heads to find someone who can help him defeat Swordmaster Carl. After some walking, Guybrush knocks on the door of Captain Smirk's big body pirate gym. Captain Smirk appears at the door. What do you want, you wimpy spineless maggot? Could you train me to be better than the Swordmaster? Better than the Swordmaster? You? <laughs> you can never be half the sword fighter Carla is. You just don't have what it takes. I do so have what it takes, Guybrush says indignantly. You do not. I do so. 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 I like your spirit. I'll do what I can. Of course, it'll cost you. What have you got? Kybrush pays in pieces of eight, and they both enter the house. To it seems to be a training room. Armor and sword adorn the walls of the gym. Okay, you maggot. Why don't you whip that sword out, and let's see what you can do with it. Kybrush funningly swings the sword here and there. He looks absolutely pathetic. Smirk sighs, resigned. Oh, boy, you fight like a dairy farmer. I usually don't waste my time with vermin like yourself. But seeing this LeChuck thing has put a cramp in business. I've got no choice. 
I need the money. After many, 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 many hours later of sword fighting. Not bad. You got good form. Now I'm gonna let you in on the true secret of sword fighting. Sword fighting is kind of like making love. It's not always what you do, but what you say. Any fool pirate can swing a sharp piece of metal around and hope you cut something. But the pros? They know just when to cut their opponent with an insult. One that catches them off guard. You see, kid, your wit's gotta be twice as sharp as your sword. Let's try an insult out, shall we? Okay, imagine this. We're fighting up a storm. There's a sudden break in the fighting and I say to you, you look like a dairy farmer. You respond with... You, you must be thinking of someone else. I'm not a farmer. I see we've got a lot of work to do here. You should have responded with something like, how appropriate, you fight like a cow. You see, it's razor sharp wit, like that that wins fights. Now I suggest you go out there and learn some insults. Guybrush spends the next few hours walking around the island, challenging every pirate at an insult sword fight he comes across. He uses a variety of witty examples to hone his razor-sharp insults. I wanted to stop and share three of some of the very good ones. There are like ten of these things, and there's a ton of them, and you have to like match up the right insult with the right comeback, and it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing, but I added three of these in here that we can kind of take on. Do you want to be the insulty or the comeback, Eric? I'll do the insulty so you have the cool comebacks. Okay. All right. People fall at my feet when they see me coming. Even before they smell your breath? Ooh. <laughs> I got this scar on my face during a mighty struggle. I hope now you've learned to stop picking your nose. Have you stopped wearing diapers yet? Why? Do you want to borrow one? <laughs> That's admitting you wear diapers. It's <laughs> <That's> fine. <laughs> That's so funny. With Captain Smirk's training and lots of practice being insulted, Guybrush heads to face Carla the Swordmaster. When he arrives, she immediately notices his training with a smirk and draws her blade. Insults and blades fly as Carla and Guybrush clash. Guybrush flourishes and sets Carla's blade through the air. She raises her hands and proclaims, I give up. You win. You can go back and brag to everyone you beat the Swordmaster. She hands Guybrush another t-shirt to mark his success. All three trials complete, Guybrush makes his way back to town. As he approaches, the ghostly image of a ship vanishes as Guybrush watches on. He is confused and not sure what that was when the mostly blind old man from the beginning of plays appears. Governor has been kidnapped by LeChuck and taken to Monkey Island. No pirate crew is brave enough to face him. He then hands Guybrush a note from LeChuck. Attention, pirates of melee. Your governor is alive and well by my side, as she was always meant to be. If you try and find us, you will be met with horrifying disaster. Yours truly. Captain LeChuck. Guybrush, determined to find a crew and a ship, searches the island for anyone fool enough to help. The poor fools he gathers are Carlo the Swordmaster, he frees Otis, and a strange man with two hooks on each hand named Meat Hook. After tricking the shopkeeper, he steals a note of credit, which allows him to purchase a ship, which allows him to purchase a ship from Stan's used ship Emporium. A gaudily dressed man with a large purple and blue coat in his hands wave through the air, seemingly uncontrollable, approaches Guybrush. Howdy! says the man. His unwavering smile and strange voice makes him seem completely untrustable. I'm Stan of Stan's previously owned vessels, he proclaims. A large wooden sign behind him next to the guard machine confirms his statement. What type of vehicle are you looking for? And he takes him to see a variety of vessels, large and small. Guybrush explains his budget, and Stan proclaims, I've got just the boat for you. He leads Guybrush to the end of the dock and shows him a ship called the Sea Monkey. The only ship ever to make it back with anything left alive. Some say it was sailed by a crew of chimps. Chimps? There aren't any chimps in the Caribbean. Oh, shut up. It makes a good story. How much are you looking to spend today? Stan asks Guybrush, his hand still waving wildly. Guybrush explains he has a line of credit, 
and stay on the temps to sell them a variety of extras, such as porthole defoggers, anti-lock anchor, rack and pinion rudder, velour sail covers, trackometer, an elevator made with wood from a burgundy wine casks, and a simulated wood siding. Guybrush declines the extras, and after some haggling, hardball, and even some name-calling, Guybrush Threepwood has a ship and a crew. The small but courageous crew undock their ship and continue to Monkey Island. DM. Eric, he's got a ship and he's got a crew. No, it's so fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so fast. Is there a reason why this, everything's always TM'd? Everything's always trademarked? I think that's just part of the joke that, that Monkey Island is the name of the game, and they have to trademark that. So for some reason, Melee Island and Monkey Island are all trademarked all throughout the game. I don't I don't know if it's just like to make it seem really <laughs> ridiculous that when the characters talk, everything has a trademark by it, as if everything is owned. Or if they want to take take the fantasy magicalness out of it by making everything owned yeah, by like yeah. corporations effectively or all being <laughs> trademarked. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, a bunch of silly nonsense mostly. And I will say uh, Stan looks absolutely ridiculous. I hope I described him correctly. And like I said, his hands are just constantly like moving for no real reason. Like a wacky inflatable man, <laughs> car salesman man. It's just really weird. And it looks ridiculous in both the new version and the old version. Um, but it's, it's very funny. Stan's a very strange character. Through the courageous leadership of Captain Freep. Threepwood, the sea monkey is finally underway. Undaunted by their lack of navigational equipment or expertise, the crew begins to plan their voyage. Guybrush stands on the deck of the ship, speaking to his crew of four, including himself. Carlo, the swordmaster, Otis, the prisoner he freed, and his hooked companion, Meat Hook. First of all, I'd like to say it's been great working with such a fine crew. The voyage ahead is not going to be easy. It's going to take skill, endurance, and most of all, teamwork! First, I thought we'd assign some duties. What is it that we're suckered into doing again? Gabrush pulls a piece of paper and announces, I made a list! Otis, not interested in sailing into dangerous seas, states, I don't see what the big deal is with rescuing the governor. She can clearly take care of herself. The way I look at it, we've got this great ship. Well, we've got a ship. Why don't we kick back, tie a rope to the wheel, and cruise for a while? I could use a little work on my tan. Meat Hook adds, Come to think of it, I've been a little stressed out lately. I could use some rest. Carla looks to the others and announces, Then it's decided. We'll cruise the Caribbean. Ever sighs, makes his way to the captain now. Guybrush, now alone, announces to himself, I'm doomed. He starts to search around the room for an- any answers. Inside the desk, he finds a feather pen, an ink bottle, and an old book. He opens it and reads. Captain's Log, March 10th. First mate, Toothrot, and I have been searching for Monkey Island at the end. For over a month, with no success, the directions we purchased on Melee Island proved to be a recipe, not a map, as we believed. Captain Log, March 12th. I wish Toothrot would take a bath. Captain's Log, March 17th. I wish Toothrot would stop snoring. Captain's Log, March 23rd. Toothrot is really starting to get on my nerves. I figure it's only a matter of time before we come to blows. Captain's Log, April 2nd. As a gesture to restore our friendship, Toothrot offered to fix dinner tonight. Captain's Log, April 3rd. I don't know how we did it. We arrived at Monkey Island. Both Toothrot and I passed out from the soup we fixed last night. When we awoke, Monkey Island TM was sitting off the bow. Captain's Log, April 4th. Toothrot and I filled the rowboat with supplies and ready to set sail for Monkey Island. We're both excited at the prospect of being the first civilized people to learn the secret of Monkey Island. Captain's lucky. We had to turn around to return to the ship. Toothrot forgot to use the bathroom before we left. We'll set out again tomorrow. Guybrush closes the book and heads back out on the deck to see his crew. They sit on the deck, lounging in various states of undress, enjoying the warm sun and some cold drinks. He attempts to inspire and stir them, but has no luck. They wish to relax and soak up the sun. 
frustrated with his mutinous crew, Guybrush makes his way around the ship, collecting more supplies and seemingly useless objects that will, of course, come in handy later. He finds a Jolly Roger, a box of cereal with a prize inside, a pot, fine wine, a giant piece of rope, and gunpowder. Guybrush returns to his room, hoping to use something to collect and to inspire his crew. He stares at the large amount of strange objects he's collected and enjoys some of the cereal he found in the search. While eating the cereal, he discovers a prize inside. There's a key. A key that seems to perfectly fit in the hole in the closet of his room. Inside, Gagrush finds a large, heavy chest. While attempting to carry the chest into the middle of the room, he notices, Man, that's heavy! Filled, no doubt, with gold and jewels! He opens up the chest to find a small piece of paper and some cinnamon sticks. He looks in the paper, which reads, Directions to Monkey Island! Preheat the pot to 450 degrees and add the following ingredients. One cinnamon stick, four leaves of mint, one human skull, pressed, one squirt of squid ink, two pints of monkey blood, mm-mm. one live chicken, three ounces of brimstone, and one or more of the following. Proxidine, hydrochloride, zinc oxide, yellow eight, mine mononitrate, and BHA. Let bubble over low flame until thickened. Serves a crew of four. Recipe in hand, Gavrish rushes towards the kitchen in the hopes of reenacting the journey outlined in the captain's log. First, he sticks the cinnamon stick in the paper pot. In place of the four leaves of mint, he puts down the rest of his breathments. He may not have a pressed human skull, but the Jolly Roger does have a skull on it. Next, the ink from the captain's room should serve well in place of squid ink. There's no monkey blood around, but the fine red wine is red. A live chicken is hard to come by at sea, but the loyal rubber chicken should work. In place of brimstone, the gunpowder he found earlier, and to cover his bases for the last ingredients, he adds a cotton shirt, a staple remover, a chuck's note, a feather pen, a bookmark, and cereal. Plumes of green smoke begin to rise from the bubbling pot. A strange, acrid smell fills the air. Yikes! I think I'm getting dizzy, Guybrush says to himself as he falls to the ground. Overcome by the fumes and stench, Guybrush loses consciousness. Moments later, the voodoo spell kicks in, turning the ship to an unknown location, heading off on a mysterious voyage. Days pass. Guybrush wakes up on the kitchen floor. The green fume has now subsided. Ugh, I feel awful. Guybrush heads above deck to find his crew still sunbathing. But he looks off the bow, he's amazed at what he sees. Holy monkey bladders! It's Monkey Island! Look! We've made it to Monkey Island! Meek Hook, still lounging, responds. Let us know when you found the governor. We've got an extra chair she can use. Guybrush realizes he's gonna have to go alone. He grabs no ground powder, took the large rope he found for a fuse, and everything's ready. He once again uses a pot for a helmet and fires it onto Monkey Island. Eric, we've made it. We've arrived at Monkey Island. I love it. I, I love the avert my expectation constantly. The, the guy brush is, he, he focuses on finding a crew, getting a boat, and then what happens, that crew is utterly useless. Like, they, they haven't done anything. They're just sunbathing on this boat. They have no importance right now. Finds the way to Monkey Island and goes himself. It's just so funny. Because you think that these, these four are going to work together, and, like, it just doesn't even happen. I love it. It's so funny. If we're looking at just like a, a narrative perspective, it's just silly, wacky nonsense that just happens to all work out. But almost it's it's so wacky at face value that you appreciate it and enjoy it in a way that if they tried to tell like this long, complex story, it wouldn't land and it wouldn't be as interesting as just like he finds this <laughs> recipe, he throws a bunch of stuff and it happens to work and then he's at the island. Just like 
it's just MacGuffin finding after MacGuffin finding. That's the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it's so good. It's so it's just so funny and clever. Like I love. It's just so good. I don't know what else to say other than it's good. And, and the the recipe, like the recipe, is the is the way to Monkey Island. Like it's just so random and like all the things he puts in there. The the loyal rubber chicken. Like it's just. So, <laughs> it's, it's all just, so just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love this stuff. Cabbage arrives, but a lit on Monkey Island. Herman Threepwood, an older pirate with long gray beard, greets him. He's been stranded on the island alone, aside from the cannibals, the ghosts, the monkeys, for 20 years. Guybrush's head literally stuck in the sand doesn't respond to Herman, who walks away, hurt from the cold shoulder. Guybrush follows the trail and heads towards the fort. There he finds an old cannon and a beautiful view of the island. An old cannonball falls out of the cannon. Guybrush pockets gunpowder, a piece of flint, a cannon, a piece of rope, and a spyglass, just in case. He continues to explore the island and stumbles on a fork in the river. There, a note printed on letterhead sticks out from under a rock. It reads, To Ghost Pirate LeChuck, we must ask you once again to curtail your nightly activities in the sacred monkey head area. Decent people are trying to sleep. Kindly keep the noise level down. The Monkey Island Cannibals. P.S. We saw you taking that one with the scarf down there. Drivers continues to explore the island and finds all sort of delicately placed pieces of art made by Herman. When you reach the <clears throat> when you reach the top of one particular mountain peak with a stone sparrow piece of artwork, you see Herman once again. You see, you hear once again. Oh. <clears throat> you see Herman once again in a large boulder. The boulder tempts you to push it over the edge. <clears throat> the boulder tempts you to push it over the edge of the cliff, and you do. The stone falls, bouncing against a rubber tree, hits a big banana tree on the beach where you first arrived to Monkey Island. Headed back down to the river fork, Guybrush notices a dam. After placing some gunpowder and exploding it with flint, he explodes. After placing some gunpowder and exploding it with flint, the river washes downstream a pond. Birds chirp in the canopy. He comes across a rotting skeleton. Herman appears and explains that the body was once his companion, who is also stranded on the island, but he got into a nasty accident trying to put a swing up. He lives in the fort now, as a castaway. Guybrush finds another note from Ghost Pirate Lechuck. To the Monkey Island, cannibals. I don't mind you worshipping in front of the sacred monkey idol, which doubles as my home and secret base of operations. But could you please refrain from raising messy sacrifices on my porch? Also, do not enter the monkey head. Ghost Pirate Chuck. It's now pretty clear that he lives in the monkey head. Gabbers travels onward until he reaches a disruption in the trail. A cavern lies between him and the other side. He lassos the sturdy stump with the rope from the fort and climbs to the bottom to collect a pair of oars before continuing back to the beach. At the beach in large pantry, he picks up some bananas and piles a rowboat around the perimeter of the island, which leads to the cannibal's village. He steals some more bananas from the fruit basket, which quickly stops. Is that a banana in your pocket, or are you just happy to see us? The first cannibal says. You've got a lot of nerve stealing from the notorious Monkey Island cannibals. The cannibal knocks a lot of mouth remarks. You're cannibals? Ever says with fright. Well, yes, although lately we've been trying to stay away from the red meat. The first responds. Only for health reasons. We're still as vicious as ever. Second one continues. Especially with tourists who try to steal our stuff for souvenirs. Well, what do you have to say for yourself? The first responds. Oh, go ahead and eat me. See if I care. Says Guybrush. Hey, whatever you say, we might eat you. We might let you go. We'll have to talk about it with our village nutritionist. Come, let me show you our guest hut. Guybrush is shown to a room filled with skulls and a large banana picker, which he casually tosses into his backpack. He prides loose the wooden floorboard in the floor and sneaks out of the locked hut. He overhears the cannibal's conversation in the village. They're debating eating Guybrush, but think he's too high and saturated fats. Guybrush escapes and meets a monkey. 
He gives the monkey all the bananas he's collected and follows it to a clearing on the peninsula off the eastern side of the island. In the clearing, a huge monkey head stares ominously back at Guybrush. A small idol stuffs the ground around its mouth. Guybrush obviously picks up an idol and stashes it in his backpack. He returns to the cannibal hut and encounters the tree of cannibals again. In order to avoid being eaten, he offers the cannibals the idol. Then he passes it on to the great monkey. They're extremely pleased with a very wimpy statue. Lemonhead, take a look at this. Ooh, that's nice, Lemonhead responds. And it says it's made by Lemonhead, just like one of mine. We should take it to the great monkey. The candles are extremely grateful for the gift, and let Guybrush be. He stumbles upon Herman and gives him the banana picker back. Herman gratefully gives you the key to the monkey head to give to the cannibals. The cannibals give directions to Guybrush on how to find LeChuck and the rest of those jerks. The cannibals go on to explain they usually exercise the undead when they have problems. They need a very rare root, only one in existence. They use only a little bit at a time, but LeChuck stole the entire root. LeChuck is hiding underneath the island in a huge system of catacombs, a hellish place filled with the wailing of tortured souls, trapped forever in the rock, where the walls bleed and the air is thick with the rancid smell of pure evil. Tourists used to line up for hours to see it, until we lent the key to that hermit, Lemonhead adds. And until the crusty old pantsless weirdo brings it back, we're keeping his banana picker, that's little head replies, unaware that Cabrush has already gave the banana picker back to Hermit. I'm off to LeChuck to go get the root, Gabrush declares. Sorry, but it's just not that easy. Trying to find LeChuck could be very dangerous. The first cannibal replies. You'll never find your way into the catacombs without the... Hey, Ixnay on the Edhay of the Avigator Day. The what? Gabrush says, clearly not understanding Pig Latin. The cannibals give Guybrush one hint. The head was once attached to a navigator, which they've kept alive magically so they could take advantage of its innate sense of direction. Getting through the catacombs without it is impossible. But it's their only one, and they won't give it to Guybrush. Guybrush gives the cannibals a pamphlet titled, How to Get Ahead in Navigating. Well, look at this! It looks like instructions to how to get ahead! We can give him our head and use these instructions to get ourselves a new one! Says the lemon head. They give a wrinkly head to Guybrush. The red bloodshot eyes stare ominously at Guybrush. One gold ear jingles, and a necklace of eyeballs draped across the skull. We keep it wrapped in this magical necklace that makes it invisible to ghosts. The skull grins at Guybrush. Oh look, I think he liked you, the axolotl squeals. If you follow ahead through the catacombs to the chuck and steal the root back, the cannibals will whip up a batch of their special enzymatic ghost-dissolving solution. Then, Guybrush can pour on the chuck like salt on a slug, the says. Guybrush heads back to the monkey head in the entrance of the catacombs. He takes out a huge Q-tip and swabs the earwax out of the monkey head, which opens the mouth entrance. Gabrush climbs down the monkey's spine if it was a ladder and looks out upon the hot, steaming lava pit equipped with purple poisonous mushrooms. I had a feeling in hell there would be mushrooms, he grumbles to himself. So yeah, so a uh, quick, quick second to talk about this. So this is back to where we're talking about how the developers of the game were kind of putting in their inspiration, their feelings in the dialogue. So Guybrush's line of, I have a feeling in hell there will be mushrooms comes exactly from Schaefer's own hatred of fungi, uh, which is like, this is a cool little like Easter egg for the developers to have in the game. I thought it was really cool. Following the direction of the enamored head, Guybrush navigates through the perilously thin pathways of the catacomb. Molten lava radiates from underneath. One false step could head to instant death for both Guybrush and the head. After many twists and turns in the catacombs, they arrive at LeChuck's docked ship. Okay, we're here. Now what do you want from me? May I please have the necklace? No. But thanks for asking so politely. Please? You can beg all you want, but you can't have it. Pretty please? You can beg all you want, but you can't have it. 
Pretty, 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 please. You can beg all you want, but you can't have it. Pretty, please, with sugar on top? Oh, all right, you big baby. You can have it. What good's a necklace when you don't have shoulders? He says dejectedly. Guybrush puts the eyeball necklace on his neck and becomes invisible to the ghost. He feels a little tingy and glows slightly. He bravely heads to the ship to confront LeChuck. On board, the skeleton crew are relaxing and dancing. As one pirate plays the fiddle, a skeleton dog lies sleepily in the corner of the ship, an iridescent bone in his tummy. Guybrush sneaks to LeChuck's private quarters and steals a very important key. He uses the feather to tickle a sleeping ghost crewmate, which allows Guybrush to steal his jug of grog. The jug of grog is fed to some pesky rat, which allows him some grease for a squeaky door, so that he can sneak past the party and crewmates above the deck before guarding the door. So, he can grab the root. A long walk, a brief row, and a short hike later. Guybrush gives the root to the cannibals and gets the brew, or root beer. Here it is! One squirt of that stuff, and the ectoplasm really hits the fan. If you have any left, it's delicious with a little vanilla ice cream. After some more furious paddling, Guybrush meets the skeleton in the catacombs. Eep! This scared me half to death! He says. LeChuck's ship is clearly gone. The skeleton explains they all left for the wedding between LeChuck and the governor in a lovely church on Manhattan Island. What? But how will they? The rest of Guybrush's crew shows up. Oh, there you are. We've been looking all over for you, the swordmaster says. Bob! Otis screams. Hey, guys. Say, Bob, you're looking a little pale, says Meathook. Well, naturally I'm pale. I'm dead after all. Dead? How did that happen? the usual way. Out for a day's plunder, ghost ship shows up, but Chuck kills everyone in the crew, and then signs everyone up on his ship. You know. Bob is apparently an old pirating buddy. They decide to give him a lift to the wedding, since they're going that way anyway. What are your thoughts, feelings? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I like where it's going. I think like the story does a really good job at not taking forever to get where it's going. Like I think this, I think this part maybe doesn't do the best representation of that. Like it is, it does feel like a little like you're going everywhere kind of in a sense. But that the whole story, I feel like it doesn't like drag getting you through the story. So it's not like taking forever to get to where you're going. And but I, I think overall, like the best part of this whole thing. I mean, the story's so funny, but I think the characters are what shine the most. Like the characters are so funny and unique. And just if it didn't have the, the fun characters, then this game would just not work. Obviously, it would just make it would just be kind of stupid. But because the characters are so lovable and just so interesting, and they're just very unique, each character is so unique. And the you know protagonist Guybrush is like so likable because he's so stupid. Like it just it's so it's so funny. I don't know. Do you see that in the story? Yeah, certainly. I certainly see that. I think, like you said, the the characters drive the story. So in the first part, it was kind of meeting the meeting all the characters of the city. And there's a lot of really strange encounters. And again, there's a bunch I'd left out. There's a bunch of other conversations you have. But meeting the strange encounters in the city in the first... Um, and I will say, like, structure-wise, the first chunk of this game, which is when you're on Melee Island getting a crew and a ship, is like 70% of the game. And then the last 30% is the boat where you do the potion, and then Monkey Island, and then the conclusion. So the first chunk of the game, you're meeting a ton of characters, and you're doing a lot of interesting things on Melee Island. And there's a lot of back and forth on Melee Island. And then when you get to Monkey Island, which we're at now, it's mostly interacting with the cannibals and kind of walking around and meeting a... There's less characters, which I think is what makes the third act, even though there's some really good stuff, especially from the cannibals, less exciting because the characters there are really good, but there's less of them. But yeah, like you said, like the character, the, the story itself is is not super complex or I don't think it doesn't hold up on its own. You're a pirate who wants to be a pirate and then you meet a girl who wants to sleep with you. So then you really want to be a pirate and then she gets kidnapped and you have to save her. 
And that, you know what I mean? It's, it's all, it's, it's, it's kind of a pretty basic story. Um, but like you said, the characters really elevate it a lot and make it more interesting and fun and add this just really weird silliness to everything that makes it so much more enjoyable. Like the, the mm-hmm. cannibals who are laying off red meat yeah, and, and stuff like that. That's just so silly and weird <laughs> and, and, and the, the it, it's just good humor. It's got some good humor in it. Guybrush now appears back on Melee Island. Well, that was a lot easier than the trip to Monkey Island. Guybrush tries to make his way to the church, but waiting for him on the dock is a ghost who yells after Guybrush. As the ghost approaches, he shouts, Hey, wait a second. Do you have an invitation for the wedding? I, um, must have left it in my other pants. Can I interest you in some root beer, sir? Guybrush responds, pulling the voodoo-powered root beer from his coat. Root beer? Oh boy, I love root beer! The ghost raises his hand in excitement as Guybrush shakes the bottle before spraying the ghost. The top of his body vanishes, leaving only clothes behind. With only a little root beer left, he needs to get to the wedding to stop LeChuck and save the governor. The town is now haunted by LeChuck's crew. They stalk the streets. They stalk the streets to make sure everybody has proper invitations. Guybrush sneaks past, making his way to the church. He steps inside to find the priest already reading the vows. Did there be any man with reason that these two people should not be united in blissful matrimony let him speak now or forever hold his peace Guybrush opens the door to the church and shouts stop the wedding hey who's that Guybrush steps up to the altar to confront LeChuck LeChuck meets him you Gavrish again takes out the root beer and prepares to banish the specter. Take this, you vaporous voodoo vermin! LeChuck chuckles and responds. <laughs> Take what? Are you trying to bribe me? Before Guybrush can use the soda, a rope falls from the ceiling. Governor Marley slides down from above. Governor! Guybrush and LeChuck both respond in disbelief. What's going on? LeChuck asks in anger. Elaine, ignoring LeChuck, looks at Guybrush. Oh, Guybrush, you mad fool! I'm impressed that you came to rescue me, but it wasn't really necessary. I had everything well in hand. Unfortunately, your arrival has made it necessary for me to tip my hand early. The chuck stutters, not sure what's going on. How? Who? But what? I? Um. How did you manage to escape? Guybrush asks casually. The governor responds. Oh, that was easy. The chuck is a bozo. Hey! And a lot of his crew members were friends of mine when they were alive. I thought LeChuck was going to marry you. Guybrush asks. Yes, so did I. Yeah, so did he. But I arranged for a little surprise when he came to kiss his bride. If you're here, then who's in the dress? The bride turns around, revealing instead of the governor, two monkeys holding a puddle of root beer. They drop the gown and jump up and down in excitement. What? The governor shouts. Don't scare them. They have my ghost sapping root beer bottle. Oh, I'll get it. Guybrush walks towards the excited monkeys as they quickly run off with the bottle. Oops. The governor sighs. Nice going, Guybrush. Now I've got to chase them down to get my voodoo root beer back. She chases after them. But I, er, hey. You dare come here and confront me? I can't believe your audacity. Well, I can't believe your stupidity. Yeah, well, I can't be your frivolity. Well, I can't believe your enormity. Yeah, well, I can't believe your mobility. Well, I can't believe your atrocity. Well, I can't believe your fragility. Well... I can't believe your alacrity. Bah, I grow tired of this. 
The chuck starts to line up for a punch. Airbrush raises a hand in front of him in an attempt to defuse the situation. Err, uh, say now, let's not be hasty before he has any luck. LeChuck punches Guybrush high into the sky before leaping after him. High above Melee Island, Guybrush screams as his battle of rootbeard dislodges from his jacket and flies through the air as Guybrush lands. He's quickly followed by LeChuck, who continues to send him flying through the air until he lands inside Stan's grog machine, sending coins to the ground. Stan approaches, speaking to Guybrush inside the grog machine. He waves his hands in the air. Good to see you, son! How's the ship? If you're interested in trading up, I can give you a fair price for it! LeChuck lands, looking for Guybrush, and instead is greeted by Stan. Howdy, partner! You know, just by looking at you, I can tell you're a man of the world. A man with an eye for quality. A man who knows a good bargain when he... Before he can finish, LeChuck winds up and punches Stan. Chuck puts some coins in the grog machine and pulls Guybrush out. Guybrush, with a bottle of root beer in hand, sprays the ghost pirate. LeChuck forms shifts and moves before his spirit is expelled from his skeleton and collapses to the ground. LeChuck's spirit flies over Melee Island and explodes in the air in fireworks of blue and white. A full glowing moon behind them. The governor approaches Guybrush. Hey. Guybrush jumps. Yikes! Don't sneak up on me like that. You know, LeChuck was a deviant, obnoxious, slithery, creepy-crawly sort of guy. But I'll say one thing about him. What's that? He asks. He sure looks nice exploding against the night sky. Yes, it's very romantic. Can I buy your root beer? Yes. Sure. There's more over it, Stan's. Gosh, I hope Stan's okay. We cut to Stan as he lands in the middle of the ocean, hands flailing. At least I learned something from all this. What's that? The governor asks. How to deal with frustration, disappointment, and irritating cynicism. She looks at Amber dreamily and says, That sounds like something my husband would say. <laughs> Yikes. The end. <laughs> what a crazy story. Oh my god, it's so funny. Like that is the like I feel like they must have gotten like just like super high and just wrote the story. It feels a lot like that. It's 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 just so strange and all over the place and wacky and it never at any point takes itself seriously. Yeah, which is awesome. I think that I love games that that are able to do that and they do it well. You know, like it just it's just like pure enjoyment to listen to the story it's just so funny yeah that was great i loved it i loved it uh, but ryan <laughs> i mean fantastic storytelling as usual you did a very great job it's fantastic Thanks. i mean uh all all the credit goes to shape yeah, did they read the story no they didn't i mean they, no they, no they, they wrote it and they, they, they paid it. they paid voice actors to read it yeah yeah that's true that's very true but <laughs> overall ryan what do you think about this story the story itself, the the narrative of man really wants to be a pirate, does trials, meets a, a woman, really likes woman, keeps doing trials, she's kidnapped, he goes to save her. Like, that isn't a super complex or interesting narrative. It's it's just kind of the the, the end goal just kind of keeps moving for Guybrush mm-hmm. in, in ways that they don't feel totally ridiculous because the game itself is pretty ridiculous, but it's not super complex or or super deep or asks any real deep meaningful questions it's just like the game is like just six hours or four hours of just fun silly wacky writing and interesting characters and especially in the newer special edition some really good voice acting and art that's just really enjoyable and i think the characters are so fun and silly and the writing i love i really love this game like we talked about in the dlc episode um Point and click adventures have like a special place in my heart. And The Secret of Monkey Island is part of that pantheon of point and click adventures that I just really love and enjoy. Yeah. 
Um, but what about you? What are you? What are your feelings on the secret of Monkey? Like it's so funny. I had no experience going into this of this game. I just knew of it, and I just listening to the story. It's just I, I, I honestly was not expecting something so wacky and crazy. I knew it was mostly like silly and stuff, but like that was just like off the walls, like loopy and like <laughs> what was great about the story is that it did really just like just like it, it flips the script. Like everything you think is going to happen does not happen. Like I expected this the finale of this this game to take place on monkey island like it doesn't happen and that's cool i like that i, I <laughs> yeah. was totally like not expecting yeah. that or like you know when uh uh when guy brush clucks his crew and then no one does anything they just sunbathe it's just so random <laughs> and just like it, it just constantly surprises me and i love that and uh, of course i love you know i consider myself a man child so i love how wacky and, and stupid this is like it's great and stupid in a good way <laughs> i mean that as like a compliment if that makes any sense at all yeah like it's just so this has a lot of good charm about it i'm actually super excited to to read the other stories now going forward i think it's gonna be like a fun um a fun series to continue like does the do the, do the other games continue Guybrush's story yeah so they all follow Guybrush through his various wacky adventures all kind of Vaguely pirate-themed, with some characters returning, some new characters. The next one is Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. So that already tells you so much yeah. about what that's about, right? And, uh, yeah, they're just they're just really wonderful, silly games. I think, actually, I thought there was three, but maybe there's, there's Curse, two, right? I think there's one more. The Curse of Monkey Island is the third one. And I think there might even be one called... Yeah, in 2000, they made a game called oh, The Escape okay. of Monkey Island. So there's four of these wonderful things. Who knows if they're all wonderful? But so there's there's a whole bunch of Monkey Island games, and um, <laughs> they're all super cheap on Steam and uh, really wonderful. Just really fun, silly. You can sit down and spend four hours just playing in this like silly, wacky world. It's point and click, so it's actually like sometimes really challenging. But yeah, um, overall, that's Monkey Island. I hope everybody enjoyed the Monkey mm. Island experience and uh, is excited to, I, it to gives you a for more deeper of sense of uh, pride and, and uh, enjoyment of root beer. I would say. Um, I just watched, <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly, the haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I'm a year late. Mm-hmm. Sorry for all those people who love it. And I just think that the, their problems could have been solved if they just had root beer. Like, come on, uh, yeah, just. Pour the yeah. over this ha- yeah. haunted house and let's get on with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. They figured yeah, it out in Monkey Island. 1990. Come on. Come on. Let's do that. But anyway, yeah. I, I love it. It was a great game. I, I'm glad you picked <laughs> this one. It's such a unique game that I don't, I think it kind of came out of nowhere, which is cool, though. I'm glad that we have these times. So then people can, yeah. like you said earlier, enjoy these games and be inspired to want to go back and play them, like, like I probably will. Yeah, I'm sure once January hits, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna like be like just plowing through this backlog of all the games we covered that in this podcast I have not played yet, and I'm super excited about. <laughs> it. And that was the secret of Monkey Island. Ryan, great job! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Telling that story, very, very good job. <laughs> Next week we will be covering the story of Uncharted One. Yes, yeah. so good. Such a good game. Mm-hmm. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game itself is great. And, and actually, the cool thing about Uncharted 1, the cool thing for me about Uncharted 1, is that I never really paid like super close attention to the story, so I actually really don't remember a whole lot of it. Like Uncharted 2 and 3 and 4, actually, stick out more in my mind story-wise than 1 does. So I'm actually really cool. I'm actually really excited to go back and 
hear the story. Yeah, again. yeah. It's it's from what I remember, it, it was pretty interesting, and I remember it also being kind of spooky. I think mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. So I'm excited to go back and relive some of the some of that spookiness. Yeah, definitely. And it's actually be a really cool episode, also because we're bringing a guest on the show for the first time. Yes, yeah. our first guest. It'll be so much fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, three perspectives in one episode. That's it's so much. Perspective. I know. <laughs> so much perspective. Can it handle? Can one episode handle I don't three know. perspectives? I don't know. Imagine if one of us hates the game. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool in that regard. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so next week, Uncharted 1. Remember, storygoers, you can write in with your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives at talesfromthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. And you can also see us on Twitter and Instagram. DM us. Let us know what you think about the game and all those good things about it. And yeah, so until next time, thank you so much for listening to the story today and we'll see you on our next episode bye Bye.